from coast to coast. Epic investors are doing the most. It's time for another Epic Field Report. All right, so I'm on the phone with Kevin McCann, REI Ace client. Just posted a deal on our follow-through Friday inside of the private Facebook group, and I wanted to bring him on to talk about it. So, Kevin, how are you, buddy? Good. How are you, Matt? Very good. Very good. So um, let me read the deal real quickly. Purchase agreement signed on a seller finance deal with $30,000 in equity and $600 a month of cash flow. So that sounds wonderful. How did you find this deal? It was uh, through the REIA mailings that we've done. Uh, okay. So through the marketing that we sent out for you. Yeah. Perfect. And then uh, someone called in. How did that conversation go? Uh, at first, it started, uh, uh, she bought a property in a posi scheme as a rental property. It just turned into a bad deal about two years later. Mm-hmm. Property's been vacant for a year. A lot of problems as a as a landlord, out-of-state landlord. So, Got it. Cool. All right. So you proposed the solution and, and you were able to uh, get seller finance on the deal. She was willing to carry back. How did that come about? We started with the, the three-letter option mm-hmm. and she didn't like the cash offer came back and I kind of explained to her how option two would work out. She was happy with that because she was actually going to get a return on her investment also. Mm-hmm. Sweet. So win-win. Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. So this is going to be a rental for you. You're going to hold on to this. Yeah. And then uh, I'm looking at your numbers here. You've got 30 K of equity. You've got 600 bucks a month in cash flow. What does that ROI look like? Have you calculated that? No, I haven't because the final numbers haven't come out Mm -hmm. because she's allowing me to roll everything into the the note. Got it. Closing costs and everything. Oh, sweet. Good deal. So what's the biggest lesson that you learned in this transaction? Always make an offer. Always make an offer and follow through. That's a good lesson. (laughs) You can't can't do deals unless you're making offers, right? Absolutely. Cool. So how are you going to celebrate? Just going to collect the cash flow. That's Move on to the next one. You get to celebrate every month. That's right. All right, Kevin, thanks for taking time out of your day, and thanks for sharing. Keep doing what you're doing. If you need any help, you know how to get in touch. Absolutely. Thank you, Matt. You bet, Kevin. Take care. This is Terrio Media. Success in real estate has nothing to do with shiny objects. It has everything to do with mastering the basics. The three pillars of real estate investing. Attract, convert, exit. Matt Terrio has been helping real estate investors do just that for more than a decade now. If you want to make money in real estate, keep listening. If you want it faster, visit reiace.com. Here's Matt. Welcome to the Epic Real Estate Investing Show. This is where we meet each and every week, five days a week, to help everyday people escape the rat race using real estate. So thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for staying connected with us. If you're brand new to the show, glad you found us. You can stay connected just by hitting that little subscribe button inside of your podcast app, wherever you're listening to the podcast. You can stay connected with us on Instagram at Epic Real Estate and on YouTube by going to epicrei.tv, that domain or that URL that takes you right to our YouTube channel, epicrei.tv. And this is where the the video versions of the podcast are uploaded each and every week and so much more good stuff happening over there. And that's ramping up to be five days a week as well. So if you uh, don't know, now you know. 
So please help me welcome to the show, Mr. Corey, the big kahuna Peterson. Corey, welcome to Epic Real Estate Investing. Thanks, brother. I'm glad to be on the show, man. Yeah, we've been talking about it for a long time, and we finally able to get our schedules to line up. So yeah, I'm happy to have you here too. I got on the short list, man. <laughs> right? <laughs> totally. So uh, where, where are you calling from right now? Are you in Hawaii? Oh, man, I wish. Uh, you know, I like to go there a lot, but uh, right now I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, it's kind of like Hawaii. <laughs> In the desert. <laughs> In the desert, right? That's good. Tomorrow's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All righty. So um, I guess uh, you're a big, giant, multifamily real estate investor, and that's become of light, and you've created quite a name for yourself here in the last, I don't know, 24 months or so. Um, tell me a little bit about your business, what it looks like today. You know, what it looks like today is totally different than it looks like almost five years ago, three yeah, years Yeah, when we met, I think it's very different today, right? Yeah. I was still doing the same things. I was still always, I've been investing in multifamily since 2011 when I bought my first deal. But, um, you know, sometimes it takes, you know, you still got to have a little uh, other ways to make income. So I was wholesaling up until about really honest two, two years ago. And mm-hmm. then I, that's when I went full time. I had enough apartments that uh, honestly I didn't need any other uh, income and uh, you know, my life was simpler actually. So uh, we now, like this year, we'll close almost $35 million worth of apartments. Get out of here. And um, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And what that does is creates a lifestyle, a cash flow lifestyle that mm-hmm. is beyond imagination. All I can tell you is I'm living, I'm living my dream right now. That's fantastic. Yes. I love the cash flow, boy. It resonates over here. So I think that's the only way to go. I think uh, those are flip properties. Like they're working way too hard. You know, so think about it, right? I, mm-hmm. I mean, you probably read the same book I did, Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Right? Never heard of it. And so when I yeah. read that book, I was like, oh, man, that's what I want. And he yeah. always talked about cash flow and making mm-hmm. money. And But then somehow I think a lot of us, we turned on the TV and we saw Flip This House mm-hmm. and Wholesaling. And, and honestly, those are great ways. I mean, listen, I, I was just on a – Tom Kroll's uh, podcast, and, and you know, he's going to make a million dollars this year wholesaling. Right. And so, I mean, it provides great income. But the only difference is, is he'll have to do it next year and the year after and the year mm-hmm. after. And I won't. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't, I, I mean, I kind of poo-poo flipping houses every once in a while. But, you know, you have to have some source of active income to feed into the investments to produce the passive income. So Yeah, because, yeah, exactly. The one mm-hmm. one feeds the other, truly, if you're doing it right. Because that's where Robert was always, I think, talking about. Say, hey, listen, if you're going to make these monies, use it and then, and then work on getting out of the rat race by investing in the long-term stuff, that passive stuff. Exactly. Exactly. And that's really what I've done. I mean, I've been playing Monopoly, man. I mean, you know, buy four greenhouses and then trade up to an apartment. And right. once you get enough of them, then all you have to do is you only buy the red stuff, right? We don't, you know, like you got enough cash. When you learn how to raise private money, um, then all you have to do is buy the red stuff, buy the big mm-hmm. buy the apartments. Exactly. So that stuff works. <laughs> hey, Thank um, God my kids teach or my mom and dad taught me that game early on. <laughs> yeah. And, and speaking of the greenhouses, you know, I'm very familiar with how you go out and you find those greenhouses below market. Um, how is it different when you're looking for the red big buildings? Yeah. You know, it actually is a couple of different ways. So some people say, well, it's just the same. You can do the same, you know, the marketing and things like that. Now, 
personally, I don't do it that way. I, I do it. I think it's more of an old, archaic, old boy, good old boys system, mm-hmm. meaning it's more about relationships. It is. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you have commercial brokers in the world. And if you will find a region of four or five states and then all the cities get to know all the brokers where they know you by your first name and you have something other in common other than real estate. Right. And that's called the relationship. So if you can, and the only way, what I found is the best way to get to that is to say like, Hey Matt, what do you like to do for fun? And mm-hmm. whatever you tell me, like, let's say now, if you told me golf, which I hate golf, <laughs> I'd be like, well, what else do you like to do? <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, you're like, I think I can have fun doing that with you. I think you like the Dodgers. Right. Right? You're absolutely right. Yep. When you said you're Dodgers, I'm like, dude, I love the Dodgers. I remember watching Tommy Lasorda, you know, and um, who's my guy that has the big windup? Um, um, he just threw the pitch in, like, for one of their big games. Um, Fernando. Fernando Valenzuela. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you threw it the right hand, so it threw me off. So that's why I was like, I had to think of the right hand. And oh, but the big windup was Fernando. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, but like, that's when I, every time I would call you, if I'm, if you were the broker, man, mm-hmm. I'm opening with, we're talking Dodgers, bro. Right. Yeah, that's all. We, I mean, I'd be like Googling what's going on with Dodgers because you're probably going to know. Mm-hmm. And then we have an opening conversation on that. And then we get to real estate. Right. And when you do that, that's the magic, man. And then they're like, they want to go to work for you and help you get a deal. 100%. That's the secret, man. Yeah. It's, boy, we should, we should put that in a book somewhere and sell it. <laughs> but yeah, good old fashioned relationships. Who knew, right? When they say it's a people business, that it actually meant something by that. You know, it's funny because it works the same way with ri- raising private money. Yeah, no, totally. No, 100%. It's all about, you know, a big part of what we teach in our REI ACE program, because we got the ACE stands for attract, convert, exit. And that C, the convert, uh, it starts with building rapport to, to turn on that conversion process. And that's just the same regardless of what you're buying or selling. You've got to build the rapport, right? It is, man. Like relationships. I mean, we're in the people business, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. Real estate is just a vehicle, but we're truly in the the people business. And so if you can get to people at at a people level and get them to know, like, and trust you and understand what you're doing and then have integrity, Mm -hmm. that solves a lot of things, right? Right. And puts you in like the top one or 5%, right? 100%. Yeah. And you just said no like or trust. I think the likability outweighs the other two, right? If you can be the likable person and the one that they would like to spend time with anyway, um, you know, you can be a little deficient in the other two and still pull off great relationships and pull off good business. Yeah. And it's funny because I look at my investor pool and, and so, I mean, I'm a very outgoing person, obviously, right? You are too. But sometimes a lot of my clients are not so much, right? And so when I'm around them, I tend to mimic them a little more i try to i mimic their mannerisms because that's what they are attracted to not Mm -hmm. the crazy wild person more the you know so you have different roles you have to play for your different people and 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 that because you got to communicate in a language that they understand yeah yeah basic mirroring skill that's a big part of rapport building it's right out of the uh how to win friends and influence people book I didn't even know that. You did. You didn't. Well, good. I'm not that um, smart. Did I tell you that, by the way? I love to teach you something. I barely made out of high school, okay? <laughs> <laughs> there was actually a book Thanks about to that. Thanks Kevin Highfill, I passed math, man. 
<laughs> it was like, you know, first hour, hey, you know, because math is in third hour. So it's like, Kevin, bro, I need the homework. <laughs> <laughs> what trends are you seeing in the market right now that either has you concerned or, or excited? And how is it changing the way you're operating? Man, I'm excited about rising interest rates. Mm, explain. That's, that sounds weird, but it's uh, because, man. I actually, too, I just want to see what our answers. Yeah, so as interest rates rise, cap rates are going to rise faster. And there's a lot of stupid money chasing apartments right now. Like that kind of seems like to be the buzzword is apartments and cash flow. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of inexperienced operators that are probably operating on margin, uh, razor thin margins. Mm-hmm. And a little hiccup, like a rate increase, is going to screw the pooch. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, it's going to create opportunities for Corey Peterson, mm-hmm. right? Um, for people that are, that are really good at understanding what our operations are and how we can affect change, right? And so I think there's going to be things that are going to be coming up on sale. Now, we still have a great strong market, right? So we're, we're still buying apartments. We're not saying, oh, we're not buying anything. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be as crazy as what we experienced in 08, 09, right? That kind of but I feel like a downturn or a slowdown. I don't know if it's going to be a slowdown because, like, we have so much. I think it's more going to be an interest rate play, mm-hmm. right? As interest mm-hmm. rates go up, because there's still a lot of demand for housing for apartments. I mean, the millennials are not buying. Uh, mom, uh, the the baby boomers are are downsizing. They're moving out of their homes and into things that are done for them, right? Mm-hmm. They don't want to do the lawn. They don't want to. They just want an apartment. Makes sense for a lot of them, right? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm liking the interest rates going up a little bit to uh, slow down the appreciation a little bit and, you know, extend the, the inventory and the days on market because uh, when you're dealing directly with, with the motivated private sellers, you know, and a lot of times the, the rebuttal can be, well, I can just go sell this on my own and get close to market value. And, you know, they kind of can, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but well, uh, so check this out. We're buying an apartment right now that... Mm-hmm. Um, Gosh, it, it cash flows like st- stupid, almost like a 1.8, 1.9 DCR, debt coverage ratio. That means almost two times the amount of my, yeah. my payment I'm making profit. That's it's really high. That's stupid, mm-hmm. right? Now, why? Well, because the guy's just, uh, he's a developer. He built the building, right? And he mm-hmm. built it in 2006, and, but he hates, he's an owner-operator, and he's not really good. He's a developer. Sometimes guys that can build stuff are really good at building stuff. Right. They're not so much good at managing stuff. And so there's, that stuff like that happens all the time in the marketplace. And you know, another example is this. Like we're, we have a property we bought three years ago, and we were projected to sell it in five years at $5.1 million. We are putting the property up for sale for nine point two. We bought it for 3.6. Right. Nice profit. Well, even <laughs> if we sell it for seven and a half, I'm mm-hmm. still going to be pretty dang uh, excited. But right. the thing is right now in this, where we're at in our, our marketplace, it's heated. And there's lots of people that are buying stuff that they just, I mean, and I guess with, with can we talk about bonus? Sure. Everybody loves a bonus. Tell me about it. <laughs> well, okay. So, um, depreciate. I'm talking about depreciation, right? Oh, got it, got it. Cost segregation studies. In, in the multifamily world, what I do, like back in the 80s, remember the savings and loans crisis? I feel like this is happening too right now. The new law that was just passed allows you to take what's called a 100% bonus on year one. So 
for example, I'm buying a $10 million property right now, and I'm going to get a $3 million depreciation the day I buy it, right, for the next tax year. That's a lot, right? And so that offsets a lot of income. So there's some people out there that they don't even care about making a return. They just want a $3 million loss to carry on their taxes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's going to catch up one day. Mm -hmm. There's more opportunities coming down the road for that too. <laughs> and you'll be right there to swoop them all up. What system or technology have you, and I, I realize this is a dangerous question for you because you're not the big technical guy, <laughs> but uh, what system or technology have you implemented in the last 12 months that's had the biggest impact on your business and how? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this is great. I, I know how to answer this question. All right. Um, the biggest system that I've impacted is – Understanding that Corey Peterson sucks at systems. Okay? Okay. <laughs> and then I just go find people that are great at implementing systems. Okay? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to call this my management play, right? The reason I'm a successful operator is not because I'm a great operator. It's because I'm very good at finding great operators to manage my properties, right? Mm -hmm. I realized early on that uh, Corey Peterson's gift is not the details, Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's a deficiency that I have. And I realized early on that um, if I wanted to grow my apartment business to millions of uh, units, you know, like a lot, I mean, I've got this vision and it's like Donald Trump vision, like big. Mm -hmm. And so, and the only way I could do that is by having a team and the right team. And so I really, I would say, and my systems are learning how to write to ask better questions right? In other words, when I was trying to find management companies, you used to say, hey, well, tell me about your management company. Well, once that question goes out, everybody has a great story. Oh, we're the greatest. We, we're, we're, we're awesome. And, you know, then you believe them. Or you, and what I realized is you got to ask questions like this. You got to ask all the crappy questions, man. Like, tell me about a time when you got sued by fair housing. Mm-hmm. Right. Tell me about a time. Not like I wonder if it happened because if they're an operator, they've experienced this. Right. Mm -hmm. Tell me about the time that this happened. You had a pool inspection that went bad. Right. And mm -hmm. how did you guys mitigate it? Right. And when I learned those that those are the types of questions that I had to ask, I started formulating all the right questions. And by doing that, I started to find really, really sharp management companies. And, and now I, I have. I only have one management company that ma managed me, managed my stuff nationally. And um, by far, they're, they're the reason that I look great and so successful is because they do most of the work. So I know that's a long way to get to the answer, but. No, that's great. It's a, it's a perfect answer. I think, you know, you, you know, you suck at systems and you got to delegate someone to do the systems. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's really, and that's legitimate. Yes, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> what's, the, uh, what's the biggest mistake you've made in the last 12 months and what did you learn from it? Um. Well, I always want to say, like, that's the short answer is I don't ever listen to my wife, and I wish I would listen to her more. <laughs> that was a good answer. <laughs> I'm Especially when she's sitting right behind you. Yeah, it's Christmas. <laughs> I want to make sure that I get, it all, you know, get all my rewards done now. Um, the biggest mistake, um, so I got to go back. I can't do it in a year. I got to go back. Like, in, like my, my biggest mistake was my second deal I ever made, my first second apartment deal that I ever did. Mm -hmm. And this it confirms what I just said in my last answer is I hired a management company that was out of Georgia to manage a property in Tucson, Arizona. And I live in Phoenix. And um, 
they just didn't have the right systems. They couldn't go that far geographically, right? And they failed. And so here's where the mistake came in. Corey Peterson said, oh, I'm going to self-manage. Ooh, bad idea. And it got worse. I went from bad to worse. And um, for about two years, I had sleepless nights because I had raised about $1.6 million of private money. And um, unfortunately, I didn't lose my investors' money, but they didn't make any. I got my investors' money back to them mm-hmm. um, with no interest but principal for two years. And um, there was sleepless nights for two years, my friend. And I'll never forget the pain of every month having to go in front of my investors and yeah. say, guys, we're not doing it. I eventually fired, uh, hired the right company. We righted the ship enough to sell it and then and exit. And half of that money I'll never see again because they, it was the first time they ever invested, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the other half uh, were people that have and been in many deals with me. And so they just said, Corey, great. You're not perfect, but let's just go to the next one. Mm-hmm. And so, but, uh, man, trying to think that you can do it all like you're invincible and not going back to principles <laughs> of, um, of underwriting and what a deal is, what a deal is not. That mm-hmm. was the lesson I learned is to make sure that you stay true to underwriting process procedures. Don't think that you can do it. Hire the right people to do it for you. Got it. Yeah. I resemble so much of that story. <laughs> I think we all do at some point. If, if you don't, you're not in the game. Show you're not me how playing. much money you've lost, right? That's if I know you've got experience. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, You're making money or you're getting an education. Um, so biggest win in the last 12 months. And what did you learn from it? That one. So my first apartment I bought in 2011, mm-hmm. I bought it for $3.6 million, um, $1.4 million of private money. Sold it last summer um, for eight point eight million bucks. Mm, nice, That's like almost five million dollars profit. Right. That's when you became famous in the community. That's where hey, you. So what's funny, right? That is truly what happened. So I didn't show my HUD to like very many people, but I put it on Collective Genius mm-hmm. uh, on their private page. I, I put a little picture of my HUD, and honestly, but that deal set me free. Right. Once I, it's not actually the sale. It's when I bought the next property, right? I bought, I did a 1031 exchange on a $12.6 million deal. And that deal will pay me like almost $375,000 for the rest of my life cash flow, And I made like a $400,000 acquisition fee. And um, that just put me really on track. And then, and we've got lots of other deals behind it. So um, that one truly, that was my start to finish all the way through to prove that my system does work. You buy them, you fix them up, you hold them for a while, sell them for mm-hmm. lots of money. You sell them for lots of money. I like it. What's the, uh, what's the best book you've read in the last 12 months? What did you find most valuable about it? I personally, my favorite, favorite book is, besides Richard Poor Dad, is um, The Richest Man in Babylon. Mm-hmm. And a tenth of everything I make is mine to keep. That's kind of what I, I take out of it. But uh, honestly, the book that I just read um, is, hold on, let me just pull it up. I should have had this ready. You, you, you got me off guard here for a minute. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's what a good interviewer does. Right? Yes. You're, you've already got me there. What It was about, it's a how to sell, oh, how to sell with story. Mm-hmm. How to sell with story. I, I don't have the author right now. I'm not going to find it, but you can just Google how to sell with story. Right. And you'll be able to find it. But 
the power of story, when I learned really, as I become an info marketer, right, to sell right. my education and stuff like that, I've learned that you've got to become a, a good storyteller mm-hmm. to be able, and, but it's helped in everything now. So like now when I'm even talking with capital, I start telling stories of operations and things like that. And they remember the stories. Yep. Stories work really well when you're buying property too, right? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. You can relate to somebody, right? You say what the facts tell, the stories sell, right? Yeah. And stories buy too. Um, What's in the future that has you most excited and why? What's going on now? Man, I'm most excited about having complete autonomy from working. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) So, honestly, I've been, um, for the last two years, I've been working really, really hard, you know, to launch an info business. Um, It's a lot of work. It's a lot more work than I thought. Mm -hmm. Um, um, But I actually, I really enjoy my events. Um, We've got all our coursework built finally, so that's kind of nice. And to know that I'm in a spot now that, like, I want, we're getting ready to close on this next property. I'm going to buy a Can-Am. Mm-hmm. right? Like a little four wheeler thing to, so me and the kids can go and like, cause we live in a great place in the desert to mm-hmm. go take those things out and go have fun. Mm-hmm. And so this year, this next year is all going to be about saying no a lot more. Mm-hmm. Right. And right. I, I, I kind of like my, I don't give a crap meter has went way up. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> and I love it there. And I don't yeah. ever want to change it. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good place to, to, to live from for sure. Um, this has been a pleasure <laughs> with the, uh, it's funny that you had said about the, the info business, a lot more work than you thought. Um, yeah, I thought it was going to be a cool little side gig just to leverage what was in my head and, and produce a little extra money on the side. Hey, were you there when I got roasted? Arrested? Ro- no, roasted. Oh, roasted. At Collective Genius. <laughs> I was. And I remember it, but I don't remember the contents of Let the me thing. tell you. I remember a lot of people telling you that you were crazy. Yes. I don't remember what the reason was or why they were saying you were crazy. Man, so they were what, – here's what happened, man. I come up there and said, I'm a full-time dad. I own apartments, and I'm the big kahuna, right? Uh-huh. And then I go up and say, I'm going to start this uh, info business, and, um, and then I'm going to write a book. I'm going to be best-selling author and, and all this stuff. And then we started talking about private money, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I'm getting my money at, like – what I've learned how to do is raise a low cost of capital. Like I, I pay a 6% pref and I give a 6% on the back end. So a total of 12% and it's not 20. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's 12 and it's for equity. Meaning they don't have any collateral and they're like, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but I am. So like, I don't, you know, explain to me how I am. Cause I'll show you how I am. So right. like you can't keep that going. Mm-hmm. There's no way you can sustain that but I am. <laughs> yeah. right? And so, you know, it was a, it was a crazy spot. Now I will say this though. Um, I'm doing exactly what I, what I said I was going to do, but I wasn't ready because the feedback that I got was like, Corey, don't do it. And really what they were trying to say, it came out a little weird, but it was like, you don't understand what you're doing and there's a right way and a wrong way. And when I realized the value of that, it saved mm-hmm. me from myself. Right. Cause a lot of times we get great ideas as entrepreneurs we get great ideas like every five minutes mm-hmm. and sometimes you got to have um, enough. You can't be so full of yourself that you can't, you got to take the cotton out of your ears and listen. Mm-hmm. And it was hard. It was hard for me to do, dude. Oh my God. Um, but the truth was the timing was not right. And I was going to do it wrong. 
Mm-hmm. And now that I've, I've actually built it right, it took a long time, and it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work to get it going. Mm-hmm. I'm so thankful that I built it the right way. So now as I'm exiting out, going, and, and continuing, um, it's still fun and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. That's the key. 100%. Yes. Why, why do it if it's no fun? Isn't it, isn't it amazing when people tell you that you can't do something that you're actually doing? Like, oh, yeah. It's the best. There's the, the, the one little, there's a little, I don't know, Chinese proverb or something like that. Those that say it can't be done need to step aside and get out of the way of the people that are doing it, right? Call that a trailblazer, you know? So, like, you know, and the difference is, is my belief, right? So, like, mm-hmm. a lot of times, it's like the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the one, but I know I can go do something, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, I just knew in my mind, my vision was so strong. I knew what I wanted to do. And I knew how to get there, and I was doing it already. And I just knew that uh, if I if I focused, that I could I could do exactly how what I wanted to do. And um, but that's like anything in life. Even with doing real estate, someone wants to start real estate, and they're not in real estate. And there's a lot of fear, and there's a lot of and there's all your friends and family will tell you what you're yeah. crazy. You're crazy. Yeah, you're gonna lose your shirt. You, know? you see what yeah. happened in 2007? Gee, yeah, you're gonna be one of those oh, people. God. Yeah. And the right people know how to self-talk to themselves mm-hmm. and, and, and try to, you know, and forget all the naysayers. And they go anyways. And I think that when you get to that point, when you really get to that point and say, listen, I'm going this way, hell or high water. I'm burning every bridge that I walk across. There's no coming back. It is all or nothing. That is when you actually become successful because yep. you will now work with a ferocity that is mm-hmm. unmatched by anybody. Yep. You know that when you talk about naysayers and this is, I've seen this meme floating around and I've seen it in a few different ways expressed a few different ways, a little differently of no one that's doing more than you is going to tell you that you can't do what you want to do. Right. The naysayers always are the people that aren't doing as much as you're doing. And uh, every, every time, every time, every time. And, you know, and I've invested a lot of money in, in my network, basically, that the different masterminds and the groups that I hang out with and the trips I take and the, the seminars and conferences that I attend. I mean, they're not your normal little rich dad, poor dad, free seminar on the weekend type stuff. But, um, you know, and I, and I look for those places where I'm the, the smallest fish in the pond. And it's pretty amazing the different types of conversations and the different levels of encouragement and the different levels of advice and suggestion that you get when you are very intentional about creating your environment and hanging out and spending your time with the right people. Man, that's, if you ask me the question again, now that I, uh, you just framed it that way, when mm-hmm. I say the b- biggest thing I've ever done, like my biggest win is mm-hmm. really joining collective genius. And it's about three other groups that mm-hmm. are masterminds that were very intentional. And dude, I've learned, I've grown more as a human being, as a businessman, um, mm-hmm. as a father, as really all, you know, understanding my priorities, that right there is the greatest gift. Hang around those types of people. You cannot help it, but become better and right. smarter. And then, and then the network that all that provides, that is, that's the reason me and you are talking. Exactly. Exactly. You know, the, uh, I always say that the, the concept of peer pressure, you know, it works both ways. We were in high school and we hung around the bad kids. We did dumb stuff and got in trouble. And you get older, hang around the good kids. And then, Lots of good stuff happens. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> yes. What a concept. They've only been saying you're the average of the five people you spend most of your time with for, for decades or centuries, maybe. And uh, it finally hit, finally connected. I, I think about 
if that lesson was taught, you know, your senior year in high school, how much more could have been accomplished in your 20s? And I would say, if you would have swapped out, say, Catcher in the Rye, we don't need that book. Let's just put in the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book there instead. What an impact that would have on people's well, future. failing our kids. Let's just get that out of the book. Right. <laughs> right? Mean, I, of course, my wife's like, our kids are going to college. I'm like, yes, they are. But like, they're going to come work for dad. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, but school is failing because they don't teach the life skills. Right. Mm-hmm. Of, man, I was to say the same thing. Like the biggest thing you uh, stay in contact with everybody that you know or meet some way or form. Have mm-hmm. an Excel spreadsheet where you can ping people every once in a while because, yes. because it's always not it's not always what you know it's 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 who you know it's and who you know. another cliche that's got uh, more truth in it than people like to think right yeah hundred yeah. percent well thanks for uh showing up here today Corey. i know you're busy well you're not somebody busy anymore <laughs> but um you are the best dude i love hanging out with you if someone wanted to get in touch with you what would be the best way for them to do that uh, two ways. One is, uh, you know, if you want to learn about the multifamily space, go to our podcast, Multifamily Legacy Podcast. Um, and the other one is uh, kahunawealthbuilders.com. That's our uh, education site. And uh, yeah, any place you can go, that, that, those are the two to, to go get fed. All right. Sweet. Cool. So let's check in in, in a few months and uh, do this again. Yeah, I love it, dude. Perfect. Let's talk about some pain stories next time. <laughs> I, I could give you a whole seminar, a whole series of just all the, the mistakes and crap that I've done wrong. Yeah, I've got a painful experience I'm going through right now. Hopefully, it'll be resolved and I can, I can try and match you. <laughs> anyway, all righty. So, thanks for being here on the Epic Real Estate Investing Show. God bless to your success. If you want to do deals, just stay tuned here. We give it all away for free. We hold nothing back. As you can tell, we've got great guests like our friend Corey Peterson here today. But if you want to go fast, go to reiace.com. Alrighty, I'll see you next week on another episode of Epic Real Estate Investing. Take care. Yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow. Yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow. Yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow. You didn't know, homeboy, we got the cash flow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.